0: blog talk radio <laughs>
1: Uh, ladies and gentlemen, mesdames and messieurs. It is Sunday, the 17th day of April in the year 2016, and you're now listening to Playtime with Sandra Radio. I'm your hostess, Sandra London of liveandgrind.com and playtimewithsandra.com, podcasting for you live from the sunny beaches of Southern California in connection with uh, Blog Talk Radio, Tune In Radio, iTunes, digital podcast, Naked Girls Radio, a.k.a. New Groovin' Rhythms, uh, and perhaps elsewhere. You can also listen to my show on com, my website. Uh, the song you just heard at the top of the hour is called Yegare by Don Manina, and that was a Portuguese-Brazilian song. Hope you liked it. I thought it was lovely. Uh, the call-in number <laughs> is 858 858- once again, 858, 815-2333, and happy birthday to the Ford Mustang, which debuted in the North American market on this very day, April 17th, But like a bunch of years ago. (laughs) Here's your next song, I'll be right back with you. It's called Lion Warrior, and it's by Boss Space. with uh, Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde written by Robert Louis Stevenson audio performed by yours truly Sandra London of livinggrind.com I have part one and part two I can't even say out of what because it is an extremely long wall of text (laughs) that is left but I did do two portions of it Um, I figure I may as well play those Um, I'll probably put one or two songs ahead of that uh, and perhaps one or two of my short form erotica, um, beforehand, but just letting you know, it it is being chipped away at, (laughs) it will get done, it will get done, but, um, yeah, I hope you all out there, um, if you're fans of basketball at all, if you saw, like, the Lakers game with Kobe's final, like, game ever, (sighs) magical, awesome, incredible, congratulations, Kobe, that was awesome. That's all I got to say about that, but <laughs> so, yeah let me give you okay I'll give you one uh short form erotica featuring myself sandra london of livinggrind.com, com and uh uh j d blanket Jimmy d blanket um miss Voila. Uh, sex and soul,
2: how are you today? I'm um, great. Your hair looks nice that way. Um. Well, thank you. That is my poem,
1: too. Do, do I win?
3: It's
2: my audition. Do I get, do I get to win the pass? Um, or to well, sit down and we can talk about that because I think you might have won, but I'm not sure. I think that was the preliminary uh, interview.
1: Okay.
2: So what's your name? Well,
1: me personally,
2: I'm Sandra London. Right, but I wasn't talking about you personally. I was talking about your, you know those those things. Can you be more precise? Well, that one there, and that that one there, and that one there. they or they both have the same name? Mip and Mop. Mip and Mop? Yes. Okay, so actually I'm I'm not here to interview interview you, Sandra London. I'm here to interview Mip and Mop. Okay, well. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. So you can just you don't mind hanging out while I interview them, do you? I uh, certainly
3: shall
2: not. Okay. Good. Because you know. So Mip.
3: Hello. <laughs>
2: How are you? Oh, I'm great, Mip. I think I, I think that you're amazing. As as is. And hello, Mop. How are you doing? Hi. I know
3: we're amazing.
2: Yeah. I mean. Um, what's a <laughs> That's right. Very active. Woo. So what's it like um, the, what's it like what's it like hanging out with in London? You know she's all right, but you know we we keep her up
3: late for good calls, good reason because we're more
1: fun. Okay. Oh, we, like, we like to be more
2: sociable. I see. We like
3: to get
2: out and about. So sometimes like you like to get about and she just wants to sleep or hang out or do nothing.
3: So Something boring. Right. Yeah, yes, exactly, exactly.
2: How 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 do you, how do you guys get out in a boat? Oh, we we bust their
3: shirts and sweaters and
1: sleeves. And, oh yeah. You know boulevards and back alleys and what what you call them?
2: <laughs> so so this is what was your name again? Smith. That's Miss. Can I speak to? I going to speak to Ma, This is a question for Ma. I'm Mop. Mop, do 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 you have a boyfriend? Oh, I have plenty. You do? It depends
3: on the day of
1: the
2: week. Oh, so you, you have multiple boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Which
1: days end in a while?
2: Well, who is who has more boyfriends, MIP or MOP?
1: Every day that ends in a while, I've got a boyfriend.
2: Yeah, but who has more boyfriends, MIP, you or your your MOP? Well, me, I
1: have all boys. Oh, okay. Me, I have all girls. All
2: the girls, that's interesting. Um, So you're both having fun, that is. Totally.
1: Huh. You are a very bright
2: young man. Yeah, I am. Um... You you both because uh, uh, you know um, I heard that you were
1: firmly inter- believe in the prostate. Firmly, firmly <laughs> believe in the prostate, and we believe in tickling it because it is delightful. Uh uh-huh. We also believe it promotes and stimulates good health and good living to tickle it and fondle uh, it with our pointiness.
2: So um, so that's why you set up that charity fund for for tickling prostates.
1: Yes, it's free prostate tickling day
2: every day. every Every, every day? Every day. Wow, is, and so is the, do both you, MIP, and MOP work on it, or just? All three of us, you
1: know. All three of us you. Us. She, she, sometimes she's sleeping, but right. we do double duty because we're double D's.
2: Therefore,
1: right. you know, we do double shifts sometimes. So <laughs> she can sleep, she can be fine, close her eyes, close her mouth, close her legs, mm-hmm. and we will do the rest.
2: And so that, that involves tickling a prostate. Yes,
1: yeah, just for examination purposes. Sure. And it's it's delightful. The men love it. The men love it. And, you know, they come every year, every day.
2: Well, that that's great. Um, do you ever feel like um, sometimes Sandra gets too much attention and you're not getting enough attention?
3: No. We're always the driving
1: force behind her, even to be able to stand up every day. I mean, look at us. Well, we
2: so are Okay. Well, it's, I can't really quite see. To
1: even be able to stand her right now, uh-huh. be able to see
2: her. Well, it's kind of hard to see because you're. you're, you're like we propel
1: her. Uh huh. We are her motivated
2: divinopolis. So, so basically, you're her, you're her muse in a way. She
1: is
2: our mule. <laughs> she's your mule. In a way. Wow, that's myth so she's your mule. And we, but we
3: love her music. <laughs>
2: You love her music? Mostly.
3: Wow,
2: that's that's uh, that's that mule, huh? It's amazing. Kind,
3: she's she's quite delightful, though.
2: Lovely girl, lovely mm-hmm. girl. So I heard you, yeah, I heard you had a, uh, another sister, who who was lives down, a little bit down there. She's
3: resting.
1: she's very
2: expensive. She's very expensive. Extremely. So she doesn't she can't you can't wake her up? You could,
1: but. Uh,
2: Oh, I've got a wallet. Let's see what I have in my wallet. Um, well, I don't know. Let's see. It wouldn't be in cash,
1: mother.
2: Oh, okay. It would be oh, a-, a check. Uh,
1: no.
2: A credit card. Uh, no. Um, a yeah. diamond. A prenup. A oh, a what? A a prenup? Pre- oh, a pren. A- okay, well. Well, you're the one's talking, so I So she's sleeping. She's not going to talk. She's. Well, that's fine. Yeah. M- Okay. Well, I heard you. I, I heard you another sister. Um. <laughs> well, she's out back.
3: Right. Could, could you call her
2: in? She's still out back. You don't want to call her in? Men are already tending her right now. Men attending her. She's a little busy. Oh, because when when we did this interview, I thought that was gonna I was gonna get her
1: hair
2: done and puffed out and spread. She's got her hair done. She's, yeah. she's got her hair and so it's gonna. gonna
1: dig in, you know, and get to the roots. Doesn't matter. It's right?
2: gonna be spread.
1: Every
2: now and again, yeah. Wow. I mean, this is how things happen. Well, so this is MIP-topping, right? We're, we speak
1: collectively at times.
2: We speak collectively at times? Because when I, I, when, I, time. I, when I when when, when I signed up for this interview, I heard that I was going to speak to at least three sisters.
1: I believe
2: you and you have. No, I've spoken to MIP. With the I've spoken to MOP. And, and the nipples. Well, no, no, that's that's that's... We've been told. Okay, well, well. thanks. Uh, this is a wonderful interview, and uh, you you should be appearing on YouTube quite soon. Great.
3: Well, great. Good Super. Season? Bye. um labirinto do
1: London Of livinggrind.com and PlaytimeWithSandra.com. The call in number is 858 2333. Once again, 858 2333. And you just heard an erotic, humorous short uh, uh, featuring yours truly, Sandra London of livinggrind.com and JD Blanket, aka Jimmy D. Blanquette, uh, called Nip and Mop. And Jeitos uh, by Amina Imbala. More Portuguese for you. Portuguese say love. Woo-hoo. Yay. Okay. One more short form erotica for you, and perhaps a song. And then I will begin to play uh, Chapter 10 of Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, written by Robert Louis Stevenson audio performed by yours truly Sandra London of livinggrind dot com, but at first, before that, Eos, ay, ay, ay. no dispatch, there you go. no dispatch by yours truly Sandra London of livinggrind dot com at zero four hundred hours seventeen on eighteenth April nineteen eleven I had about come undone. Finito. Cooked. Over. I know this now. You won't. It is what is in the writing that counts. Above all things. Deceased. Jane or John Doe. Time of death. 100 hours, 20. There are three whole hours in there. Or just about. And one or more others or thereabout, I remember, my hair, down to there, everywhere, my tongue, my tears, my tits, my pussy, pretty skull, the cold, darkness, the order, lean back, look up, eyes closed, Wrap your lips round. Sealed. Skin tight. The light. Ugh. Lights. Harsh. Gross. So profane. So brilliant. My double D's. Mais moi, je ne pose pas, monsieur. I shield my bright and polite society. Merci bien. Sacré bleu. The smoke, the probe, a rescue, a seizure, your hands, my waist, a pleasant plop, a plomb, eternal warmth, then abandon, a hover, a tunnel, alien, and alone, all at the same time, colorblind colorless, a heady omnipresence of gray, gray, gay, gay. a coxist catastrophe with no end, no sight, some savior, some witness, a messenger, a call for agency, familiarity, a long pause, vile accusations. Pressure, a lift, a long pause, restraint, a faceplant, long pause, I wail, I plead, mercy, release, an ear, an end, long pause, I dread the blur, the weight Fluid time. I seek connaissance. I could be more than me, possibly one in one ninth, one in two ninths, maybe less, maybe more. Let's see. A producer, if you will. Produce, if you must, or insist, but never, not ever. A director. A dwelling per se, perchance, curtilage included. A box within a box. Packaging born at sea, submission born in the air, this box squared, unready made display. This play window lady window girl wonder woman. LMP, and okay, look at, talk at, written around, written without, stamped within, shrouded in code, valued at, one ninth, maybe two ninths, but never as one. Time of birth, zero, 0400 hours 17, time of death, Zero, 0100 hours 20 Rewind. a still life your last breath Frizzo baby Frizzo baby pop baby! pop 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 DJ, let that run back. pop 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 DJ let that pop back. pop 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 Louis Stevenson, audio performed by Sandra London of Com and Playtime with Sandra Radio. The 10th and final chapter of Strange Case Henry Jekyll's Full Statement of the Case. I was born in the year 18 something other a large fortune, endowed, besides, with excellent parts, inclined by nature to industry, fond of the respect of the wise and good among my fellow men, and thus, as might have been supposed, with every guarantee of an honourable and distinguished future, and indeed, the worst of my faults was a certain impatient gaiety of disposition, such as has made the happiness of many. But such as I found it hard to reconcile with my imperious desire to carry my head high, and wear a more than commonly grave countenance before the public, hence it came about that I concealed my pleasures, and that, when I reached years of reflection and began to look round me and take stock of my progress and position in the world, I stood already committed to a profound duplicity of me. Many a man would have even emblazoned such irregularities as I was guilty of, but from the high views that I had set before me, I regarded and hid them with an almost morbid sense of shame. It was thus rather the exacting nature of my aspirations than any particular degradation in my faults that made me what I was and was even a deeper trench than the majority of men severed in me those provinces of good and ill which divide and compound man's dual nature. In this case, I was driven to reflect deeply and inveterately on that hard law of life which lies at the roots of religion and is one of the most plentiful springs of distress. So so profound a double-dealer, I was in no sense a hypocrite. Both sides of me were in dead earnest. I was no more myself when I laid aside restraint and plunged in shame than when I labored in the eye of day at the furtherance of knowledge or the release of sorrow and suffering. And it chanced that the direction of my scientific studies, which led wholly towards the mystic and the transcendental, reacted and shed a strong light On this consciousness of the perennial war among my members. With every day, and from both sides of my intelligence, the moral and the intellectual, I thus drew steadily nearer to that truth by whose partial discovery I've been doomed to such a dreadful shipwreck. That man is not truly one. But truly, too. I say too, because the state of my own knowledge is not passed beyond that point. Others will follow, others will outstrip me on the same lines, and I have a guess that man will be ultimately known for a mere polity of multifarious, incongruous, and independent denizens. I, for my part, from the nature of my life advanced infallibly in one direction and in one direction only. It was on the moral side and in my own person that I learned to recognize the thorough and primitive duality of man. I saw that the two natures that contended in the field of my consciousness, even if I could rightly be said to be either, It was only because I was radically both. And from an early date, even before the course of my scientific discoveries had begun to suggest the most naked possibility of such a miracle, I had learned to dwell with pleasure as a beloved daydream on the thought of the separation of these elements. If each, I told myself, could be housed in separate identities, Life would be relieved of all that was unbearable. The unjust might go away, delivered from the aspirations and remorse of his more upright twin. And the just could walk steadfastly and securely on his upward path, doing the good things in which he found his pleasure, and no longer exposed disgrace and penitence by the hands of this extraneous evil, it was a curse of mankind that these incongruous faggots were thus bound together, that in the agonized womb of consciousness, these polar twins should be continuously struggling. How then were they dissociated? Thank you. Vinson, audio recorded by Sandra Linden of LivingGrind.com and playtimewithsandra.com. I was so far in my reflections when, as I have said, a side light began to shine upon the subject from the laboratory table. I began to perceive more deeply than it has ever yet been stated, trembling immateriality like transient of this seemingly so solid body in which we walk attired. Certain agents I found to have the power to shake and pluck back that fleshless vestment, fleshy vestment, even as a wind might toss the curtains of a pavilion. For two good reasons, I will not enter deeply into the scientific branch of my confession. I have been made to learn that the doom and burden of our life is bound forever on man's shoulders, and when the attempt is made to cast it off, uh, it but returns upon us with more unfamiliar and more awful pressure. Second, because, as my narrative will make, alas, too evidence, my discoveries were incomplete enough then that I not only recognized my natural body from the near aura and essence sense of certain of the powers that made up my spirit, but managed to compound a drug by which these powers should be dethroned from their supremacy and a second form and countenance substituted nonetheless natural to me because they were expression and bore the stamp of Lower elements in my soul. I hesitated long before I put this theory to the test of practice. I knew well that I risked death for any drug that so potently controlled and shook the very fortress of identity might, by the least scruple of an overdose or at the least inopportunity and a moment of exhibition, utterly blot out, that immaterial tabernacle which I looked to to change. But the temptation of a discovery so singular and profound at last overcame the suggestion of alarm. I had long since prepared my tincture. I purchased at once from the firm of wholesale chemists a large quantity of a particular salt, which I knew in my experiments to be the last ingredient required. And late one accursed at night, I compounded the elements, watched them boil and smoke together in the glass, and when the ebullition had subsided, with a strong glow of courage, I drank off the potion. The most racking pang succeeded a grinding in the bones, deadly nausea, and a horror of the spirit that cannot be exceeded at the hour of birth. Or death. Then these agonies began swiftly to subside, and I came to myself as if out of a great sickness. There was something strange in my sensations, something indescribably new, and, from its very novelty, incredibly sweet. I felt younger, lighter, happier in body, Within, I was conscious of a heady recklessness. A current of disordered, sensual images running like a meal race in my fancy, a solution of the bonds of obligation, an unknown, but not an innocent freedom of the soul. I knew myself, at the first breath of this new life, to be more wicked, tenfold more wicked, sold the slave to my original evil, and the thought in that moment braced and delighted me like wine stretched out my hands, exulting in the freshness of these sensations, and in the act, I was suddenly aware, sight lost in statue. There was no mirror, at that date, in my room, that which stands beside me as I write, was brought there later on, and for the very purpose of these transformations. The night, however, was far gone into the morning, the morning, black as it was, was nearly ripe. The conception of the day. The inmates of my house were locked in the most rigorous hours of slumber, and I determined, flushed as I was with hope and triumph to venture in my new shape as far as to my bedroom. I crossed the yard, wherein the constellations looked down upon me. I could have thought with wonder the first creature of that thought that there unsleeping. Close to them. I stole through the corridors, a stranger in my own house, and coming to my room, I saw for the first time the appearance of Edward Hyde. I must here speak my theory alone, saying not that which I know, but that which I suppose be most probable the evil side of my nature, to which I had now transferred. Something, efficacy, less robust and less developed than the good which I had just posed again in the course of my life, which had been, after all, nine-tenths a life of effort, virtue, and control. It has been much less exercised and much less exhausted, and hence, I think, it came about that Edward Hyde was very much smaller, slighter, and younger than Henry Jekyll. Even as good shone upon the countenance of the one, evil was written broadly and plainly on the face of the other. Evil, besides which I must still believe to be the lethal side of man, had left on that body an imprint of deformity and decay. And yet, when I looked upon that, that ugly idol in the glass, I was conscious of no repugnance, rather of a leap of welcome, these two myself it seemed natural and human. In my eyes it bore a livelier image of the spirit. It seemed more express and single than the imperfect and divided countenance I had been here too to, accustomed to call mine. And in so far I was doubtless right. I've observed that when I wore the semblance of Edward Hyde, none could come near to me without a visible misgiving of flesh, as I take it, was because all human beings, as we meet them, are commingled out of good and evil and that would hide alone in the ranks of mankind. radio listeners, have yourself a naked day and make it a naughty night with me, Sandra London on Playtime with Sandra every Sunday night, eight PM Pacific Standard Time, ten PM Central, eleven PM Eastern Standard Time.
4: Needed a name after the drop And all the fall in life won't be the same Cast and plot back and Drop, i hit, topple, everything down, never been down So God, goddess only knows, endeavouring now To raise, craze, many, many ways Anybody else to the end of days, blaze, chase, glaze When I'm in a haze, my phrase, praise When I'm gonna say, ready for the drop, what, ready or not I'm saying everybody stop, rock, steady and chuck you good to go, my grab, whatever you got Gonna run over the hills, chop, set of the knot And it's a knot, discordian, I'm ordering this audience To draw your sword and sword accord Before the end of order is or drop. Drop, drop, I'm calling it. Drop, I'm calling it. drop, I'm calling it. The drop's what I'm calling it. Drop needed a name after the drop. And with all the falling life won't be the same. Cast and plot can't continue without scenery or stage. with pretty shit of dialogue. Half the oil been holy burned. They say to me, to cause they're on top of it. Smell a proper crock of shit. Blatantly the opposite the drop will hit. Top leveled and down, never been down. So, Lord God, is only knows, and therefore to A phrase, praise, many, many ways. Anybody else to the end of day's Please, jays, glaze. When a man haze my freeze, phrase, when a man say ready for the drop, what? Ready enough. Saying everybody stop rock steady and shock. Gonna go my grab, what better you got? Gonna run a video, who's chop, set the knock, and chopped up trees where are the bees and what is the reason us thus won't be pleasing no joke when you're choking sneezing plus dust in your throat you're wheezing try telling folk but it won't believe ready for the drop what ready or not saying everybody stop rock steady and shop give it go man, grab whatever you got gonna run over the hills chop center the knot Stop rock steady in shock. You're gonna go, my grab. Whatever you got, i gonna run in for the hills. Chop sever the knot. Are you ready for the drop? What ready or not? Saying everybody stop rock steady in shock. You're gonna go, my grab. Whatever you got, i gonna run in for the hills. Chop sever the knot.